Welcome back to the Loftcast QPR's official club podcast. I'm Ian Taylor from the QPR media team and in the absence of club ambassador Andy Sinton, today I'm joined by my esteemed media colleagues Paul Morrissey and Matt Webb and this man. And he sets it up for Lee Cook. What a fabulous finish from Cook. And QPR are ahead in some style. Chaps, thanks for uh, joining us on today's podcast. Cookie, welcome along. Great to have you with us. Um, I guess there's only, only really one place to start. Finally, Moza, finally, we secured our status as a championship club with a 2-0 win over Nottingham Forest on Saturday. Yeah, I think we all thought we'd done that seven games ago <laughs> yeah. when we beat Rotherham going into the international break, beat them comfortably, okay, a struggling Rotherham side, beat them 5-1, we're on 50 points, and you're thinking maybe we need another point or two from the final eight games. To get over the line. And yeah, I think and, and it was. I think Andy Sinton actually said on one of the the podcasts, "We're safe provided we don't have another December, i.e., six straight defeats, and yeah. then we duly go and have six straight defeats." And I think it was only really in the last game or two of those six that you start thinking, "Hang on, we could get dragged right into this." Yeah. And going into Saturday's game against Nottingham Forest, there was that air of we need to take care of our business here because we don't want to be going into Norwich needing anything. Ollie revealed afterwards that he, he's got a terrible record up at Carrow Road. I think a 6-1 defeat and a 4-1 defeat as a manager. So he, I think he was a little bit concerned about that as well. Um, but what was pleasing and encouraging is that we did take care of our own business. A, a lot of people were saying, I'm not convinced we'll pick up much from these last two, but I don't think Blackburn, yeah. Birmingham and Nottingham Forest will do enough to, to take us down. So Ollie said he wanted to make sure it was us that saved ourselves rather than someone else saving our skin. And so it proved... I can't imagine what the nerves were like for the players going into that, particularly, yeah. although afterwards they said, the players were saying we weren't aware at half-time that, that Birmingham were winning. There was no real talk in the dressing room of yeah. that, which actually surprised me. I, I would have thought players like to know what's going on elsewhere uh, in those situations, did they not? I think if it was tighter, then yeah, maybe, but I think because there was that little bit of a cushion there, right. not by much, I don't think it would have been spoken, but say there was like, you know, same points and mm. then it would have been a little bit like, how they getting on sort of thing, yeah. but... Just looking, like at, it, bit of a looking right. at the bigger pitch though, when we're on 50 points six, six games ago, yeah. psychologically as players, do you think you're over the line and there's this we're on the beach kind of thing? Or Yeah, I think maybe a little bit because um, I, I looked at the division this year and then when you look at that bottom three, because I was looking at Burton thinking how are Burton going to survive and the reason I thought they would survive is because Blackburn can't win. Yeah, And I think a team like QPR would have been looking at that as well thinking other teams are not going to get more than 50 points yeah. and that was basically it so maybe they did think that was on the beach Have you been in dressing rooms similar to that where you you perhaps don't talk about it too much but there's a kind of <sighs> Yeah we had it under Gregory we had it under Gregory Yeah, um, that was a that was a bit of a relegation fight all season to be honest yeah. um, and it got to the I remember the last I think it was the second to last game we secured it Um we went to Spain before the last game here to celebrate because we was in it all season. It yeah. was one of them where it was a bit of a relief because we were in a dogfight for the whole year. Mm. This season with the boys, I think it's been a bit different because I think they've been sort of comfortable all season mm. and there's not really been much to play for and it's just been a bit of a season where it's just, just chug along and we're going to finish like, you know, 15th. Mm. Yeah. So it was a little bit different in that sense from when I experienced a relegation fight, but... Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we're safe now and it's all about next season and preparing and what Ollie's going to do in the summer and how he's going to, what his philosophy is going to be on next season. Webby, looking back to Saturday, the game itself, it was a 
certainly looking at it from the press box, it seemed quite a nervy, edgy first half. With There was a lot at stake, wasn't there, for both teams. But second half, we really took the ball by the horns and, and took the game to them. Yeah, we did. Um, there was a, We were talking, actually, before the game. Um, we were saying quite a lot of people around. It just seemed that there was a kind of atmosphere, like a, a little bit of a nervy atmosphere around. I don't know what you thought, Lee, around the places. What, what Birmingham and Blackburn were going to do. Um, but... Yeah, um, thankfully you managed to, to do it in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I was in a box. So I didn't really get, I couldn't feel the atmosphere of what it was outside. So it was a bit different for me, but we looked very comfortable in the game. I, I, don't, I think there was only one win on the day. Forest were poor. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I don't think there was too much worry. I mean, a lot of fans do go, oh, you know, we're really near <laughs> yeah. it. But I think, mm. I think generally, I think everyone kind of knew we was going to be okay, so... I had a bit of a worry when Nedham got booked after three minutes yeah, and then two minutes yeah. later flew in and it was a brilliant tackle when he, when he flew into it. I thought, oh my gosh, and for let's me, not go down to 10 here. And you mentioned at half-time for me when Blackburn, <coughs> um, Blackburn were drawing at half-time, weren't they? But Sky Sports were saying that there was Villa fans in the Blackburn, sorry, Villa fans at Ewood Park wearing Blackburn shirts because mm. they wanted to send Birmingham down. And then Birmingham <laughs> were 1-0 up, miss a penalty down to 10 men and you're thinking... And Huddersfield made ten changes for the yeah, game, which I think is a probably mm. you could probably spend another hour podcast yeah. talking about whether that's right or wrong. But thankfully, we did take care of business. Connor Washington um, broke through, didn't he? Um, soon after Matt Smith had probably missed one of the, the easiest chances he'll ever miss, um, but Connor broke through, and it was a really accomplished finish. Yeah, very cool finish, a very confident finish because he's gone through a, a mini dry spell, hasn't he? he had yeah. that rich vein of form, and then. It, the gods seem to be against him. I've never seen a player hit the woodwork as much as yeah. Connor Washington has this season. He's had arguably two goals cross the line that weren't given. Yeah. Um, so, but despite all that, it was a, a very cool finish. He's almost drawn the keeper out and just almost nonchalantly dinged it over him, which almost took me by surprise. You always wonder in those situations, if you haven't scored for a little while, such a crucial moment in the game, it's nil-nil. Thrash it, maybe. Yeah, put the laces through yeah. it, but it was a, a cool, cool, tidy, confident finish. No, yeah, I mean, he's done, since Ollie's come in, I mean, before Ollie did actually come in, it was it sort of looked like his time was done here, mm. didn't it, really? Mm. Um, he was playing that position. Yeah. His confidence was so low, it was unbelievable. And all the fans were getting on his back a little bit. And I think since Ollie's come in, he, you know, he's kind of had a new life here. Um, he started off well, got a few goals, but he had a little dry spell. But I still think there's something in Connor where there's a little bit left in him where he can do a little bit more. And I think the fans know that. Um, and I'm looking forward to what he's going to do next year. I think he could uh, be one of them people that surprises everybody and get a few goals. How much credit does Oli deserve for the way he's turned that round for, for Connor? Because Oli likes yeah. strikers, doesn't he? He likes players that work hard and he, he certainly ticks both of those boxes. It just goes to show you, uh, manage, you know, different managers, what their strengths are. And one of Ollie's massive strengths is man management and how he deals with players. Mm. The confidence he gives them. I was so low one year and he he helped me out bundles. And what did he do? He what did he do to help you? He gets you in the office. He tells you how good you are, and that's quite that's an easy thing to say. But it's during training. If you do something good in training, he'll stop it. Say how good was that? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He, didn't he, he? He did say that he he sat down with Connor and he mm. showed him all his goals that he scored at Peterborough yeah, he, he and the Gurdy goals he scored at QPR and that. That got, makes you feel 10 feet tall. You got yeah. the analyst to actually compile a DVD for him and then called him in and said, watch this. But what, so you're saying not all managers would do that? No, 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 not all managers would do that. I mean, the previous manager didn't do it with him. He thought, no, no I don't fancy him. But Ollie come in, he thought he's got to have something, the guy. He looked mm. at his record, how much we'd paid for him. 
I thought, I'm going to have a look and see if I can get something out of him. And that's yeah. what he's done. Yeah. And um, that just goes to show you, like, it's not all about tactics and, and this, that and the other. It's also about looking after your players. Putting an arm around them. Putting an arm around them, speaking to them, like, on the level, just call them in, just have a proper chat with them, like a man-to-man chat. And that's what Ollie's very, very good at. And that first goal, Matt, um, really gave us a, a kickstart, didn't it? And then the second followed so quickly that... It, I, I think I turned around to you and I said, right, yeah. that's it, we're over the line. You can get married this summer now because I know you were worried about that. Um, but it did, that second goal, it was a great ball in from Ryan Manning, wasn't it? He just helped it into the back post and Lynch was there to nod home. Yeah, it was, and easy fears of um, it was going to be a bad day for us. It was uh, a lot better after that. But just on corner, I don't know if you remember the game, it was a little bit earlier in the season, you had like a carbon copy chance, mm. one-on-one with the keeper. Um, just trying to think what the game was, just come to me actually. And well, was, he missed it. He missed it, he put it straight at the keeper. Yeah. Uh, and I was just thinking, I was, he had this chance earlier on in the season yeah. and he uh, put it away in much better fashion this time. Yeah, no, it was a really a really tidy finish. Um, you spoke there about Nedimundu and I think we all feared the worst when he got booked after two and a half minutes, but I've just made a note. I thought he was outstanding after that. Him, him alongside Joel Lynch, especially in that second period, where they really stood up and it was a real captain's performance from Ned. Yeah, and I think he relishes the physical battles, doesn't he? When it's, he's up against a big, strong man as well, that seems to... Bit of summer longer, yeah. yeah bring the best out in Nedham as well but yeah I thought he was I thought he was outstanding and he, I, I don't know if you get booked that early it could probably send you one way or another you think crikey I can't play my game now yeah or I don't know does it help Ooh. to refocus you to you you know you can't afford a mistake but as a centre-back on a booking for 88 minutes it's it's sure you'd expect it to have an impact on your performance you left wingers never used to get booked that early did you no no <laughs> Just get players players booked that early. <laughs> Two minutes in, getting smashed down the line. But that's a difficult decision. If he's been booked after three minutes, like that would have been, think- Ollie would have been thinking, oh man, what do I do here? Mm. Like, you know, it would have been one, do I bring him off after like half hour? Because, yeah. you know, if he makes a couple more, then he's off. Mm. And fair play, he's, he's stuck with him and, and then on, played well. And on top of that, you get sent off and then you've, you're missing him for the Norwich game yeah. as well. Mm. And Grant Hall's injured, it would have been, yeah, yeah, it would have been a real bad bones. But you, it, I thought we did defend well, especially for 60 minutes. They threw caution yeah. to the win for the last half yeah, hour, didn't yeah. they? Because they had yeah. to, because they probably knew that yeah. Birmingham were winning, that Blackburn were winning. Um, and they threw a lot of numbers forward and we should probably have hit them slightly better on the counter-attack. But yet again, it was during that period that Alex Smith stepped up and showed why he's won three awards in the end of season Player of the Year awards because he, he made two or three outstanding saves. Yeah, he's been. he's just got better and better. He's been incredible. The first half of the season, he was ridiculous that spell of saving penalties you're almost surprised when he doesn't save a penalty Um, but yeah he's been absolutely outstanding and like you say a treble winner in the end of season awards and I don't think anyone could uh, argue otherwise Alex Smithies waits on his line here as Fulham have the chance to go in front in front of the Putney end Kenny off the right foot saved rebound is missed by Parker Smithies diving away to his right hand side brilliant one-handed stop by the Rangers goalkeeper well, Alex, your initial reaction, winning Players' Player of the Year, Supporters' Player of the Year and Junior Hoops' Player of the Year. Yeah, um, very pleased. You know, it's nice to um, get some sort of uh, recognition for the work you've, you've been doing. Um, uh, very nice for the players to vote for me, very flattering. Uh, and the fans, you know, they've been fantastic for me. Um, so, you know, for, for long parts of the season, I've really enjoyed it. It's been very difficult this last month in the, in the run that we've been on. And it's not been a great season for us in general, but um, you know, for most parts, it's been enjoyable. And that, you know, it's thankfully the fans have made it easy for me, and I've 
I've, I've enjoyed playing all the games, but hopefully can finish the season off strongly. And very special awards as well. Firstly, the supporters' player of the year, the, the fans that you're going out to hopefully entertain and impress, and you, you've certainly done that. Yeah, I mean, the reception I, I get from the fans week in, week out is, is fantastic, and uh, you know I love playing in front of them and, and giving my all to try and um, help us win games. Um, you know, they're an exceptional set of fans, and it's been a difficult season for them, and, and they've, still, they've still come out in the numbers week in, week out and, and got behind the boys, so uh, full credit goes to the supporters for that. And players, player of the year, knowing that the dressing room are appreciative of your efforts. Yeah, it's a nice one. I mean, um, it probably sums up the season that the goalkeeper gets uh, that award, uh, that we've not, been, uh, we've not been where we want to be in the season and we've been, especially recently, on, on the back end, some, some poor results. But... Um, you know, it's nice. It's a nice way to finish the season. Uh, the fact that the players, you know, think that of me. Great to hear the thoughts there of Alex Smithies, a treble winner. Um, probably not a nice one to win when a goalkeeper wins it because you're thinking, you know, you'd rather a front man was winning it, getting the goals that would clinch your promotion or for you to finish higher up in the table. But he has been absolutely outstanding for the lion's share of this season. Yeah, like he said, it's probably recognition of a disappointing season yeah. when the goalkeeper is named your player of the year. Um, but yeah, he has been excellent. Also interesting that he's never actually won the Supporters Player of the Year before. He's won the Players Player of the Year a couple of occasions at Huddersfield, but this is the first time he's won Supporters Player of the Year. But it always seems that goalkeepers here build a really good rapport with the, um, with the fans. Going back to when you were a player here, Cookie, you played under five different goalkeepers, Royce Jones, Day, Camp and Cherney, and they, mm. they all had really good relationships with the, with the Ars fans, didn't they? Yeah, even ones that like, were on loan camp, he come on loan, didn't he, yeah. to start with, and they really took to him well. I think, you know, going back years and years and years ago, there's always been a sort of dodgy sort of relationship between fans and goalkeepers here where we don't really feel we've had a decent one. And then, <laughs> like, we've had, like, not bad ones. Like, Tony Roberts was probably, like, when I was watching, he was the one I thought was okay. Then we had Harper, didn't we? And even back before then, I think there was like, oh, any chance of having a decent keeper since Big Dave left? It was <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It was like, there was nothing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's great that we've got, you know, we've got two top first team keepers at the minute. When Ingram signed, I thought he was really challenged mm. with these, but... Because did you see a bit of him at Wickham? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, it, I thought he'd be number one by now, to be honest. But... Yeah. The way he's done, Smithies is you know, he's got no chance of playing at the minute because yeah. yeah, can you can you drop a player who's playing like that? Mm. Um, I think we might struggle to keep him. To be fair, I think they, I think the summer there could be a couple of offers coming in for him. But you know we've got another couple of young goalkeepers. We've got young Joe out on loan, yeah. um, who's not bad. He's he's doing, done really well at Bristol. Yeah. Um, I remember I got Joe here actually years and years ago. He went. My sister was going out with his brother, and they got released from Tottenham. And I spoke to Bertie, who was manager of the the youth team at the time. I said, look, can you have a look at this kid for me? Because, uh, you know, he's part of the family sort of thing. But she went, yeah, bring him in. And he come in and he'd done well. So they signed him. And, so he uh, all to you. He's just grown and grown and grown. And as he, when he Literally. Went, yeah, he's enormous. I mean, he's always been tall, but he had that like lankiness about him. He looked a bit mm. like Peter Crouch. And now he's filled out a little bit more and he's <laughs> yeah. looking like a proper keeper. So you He's know, got a good presence for a goalkeeper. Yeah. He's a good size now, isn't he? He's a, good, he's a good number three at this moment in time for us with the two we've got. Yeah. Um like I said, we might struggle to keep Smithies, but let's hope we do. Yeah. Where do you, Webby, where do you rate Smithies in terms of the championship? Because for me, he'd be right up there. I mean, there's, there's some good goalkeepers at this level, but um, yeah, I think Stockdale was named in the yeah. PFA team this year, but Smithies must have pushed pushed him all the way. Yeah, I mean, we, Dave in the offices uh, was previously at Southend and he 
um, seen Dan Bentley play at Brentford. I think uh, last weekend at um, Brentford, we probably saw two of the best goalkeepers in the championship yeah. on the pitch. Um, I mean, we weren't at our greatest where we at Brentford, but I think he had a really good game, Dan Bentley. He made yeah. a number of important saves. Um, I'd probably say two of the best keepers in the championship. Yeah, I mean, Stockdale's had a really good season. Yeah. Um, did you ever play with him at Fulham? I did, yeah. Well, he used to be my boot boy at York. Oh, did he? Yeah, when I was at Watford, I went alone to York when I was about 18, 19, and he was a couple of years below and he'd clean me boots. Yeah. And I hadn't seen him in years, and then he turned up one day at Fulham. And I was like, oh, how you doing, Dave? I haven't seen you in years, blah, blah, blah. And then I didn't realise how well he was doing in the yeah. lower leagues to get that move. Yeah. Because you know, when you're playing a bit high, you don't really check down that lower level. And he's, yeah, I mean, he's no gone strength to me. strength. Yeah, it? yeah, I mean, he's been outstanding this year, and the fact that. They've done so well. That's probably why he's been in Team of the Year. Yeah, you know, there are other keepers that probably played had a good a season as him, but his team's done well. So yeah, that's why he's got in there. Yeah, I think seven clean sheets for for Alex this year, which on paper you you <coughs> argue isn't the greatest seven in forty five, but it's it's what else he's done during those those forty five appearances in the league that really set him above the rest in terms of the QPR Player of the Year. Yeah, well, people often talk about goalkeepers can win you points over the course of the season I wouldn't want to imagine how many points Alex Smithies has, has won as it the Fulham game yep. jumped straight to mind he obviously saved one penalty the other hit the post but there have been occasions where he's pulled off huge saves that we've gone on to, to win or draw the game so yeah like you say Cookie obviously there'll be interest in him I'm sure this summer cause, because he has done so well but we have got um, a decent conveyor belt of quality behind him now which is so encouraging I suppose the, the ultimate aim is to, to have that right across the, the football pitch Cookie, we're um, we're filming, recording this podcast, I should say, overlooking uh, Loftus Road. You spent many a happy time here, but you've got some news for the QBR fans about your retirement. Well, yeah, I mean, it's probably not big news. I haven't played all season, so there's probably fans probably know I weren't playing. But yeah, I've decided to call it a day. Um, obviously, I was playing in the conference premier for the last two seasons, which is a tough league. Um, I could have carried on playing in it probably for another couple of years, but it didn't really interest me anymore the days I miss is like days playing down here and yeah. stuff like that um, you know I, I left here when I was 30 31 and ever since then really it's not been the sort same. of not been the same I went to Lake Norrent for a year um, didn't really enjoy that um, you know when you, it's weird because when you're used to playing at a club like this and a championship level when you drop down and it just doesn't feel the same you don't feel like you're a professional anymore even though you are um, you don't feel like one and it's it's been quite difficult actually the last three years that's why I went to Greece I thought I need I need to get away and get 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 to a country where I can play in the top division where I'm going to feel like I'm pro again and that's mm. what I did and it felt great you know going over there was the best atmospheres I've ever played in really oh it was unbelievable unbelievable I mean it, the, the grounds are like this sort of thing they're quite tight to the pitch and the fans are just bonkers hmm. There's flares going everywhere and, you know, it's kind of... The atmosphere is like it is at Loftus Road, but with flares and smoke everywhere. So yeah. you can imagine what it's like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a good stint. And then I come back and sign for Barnet and, you know, I, I smashed my shoulder. I tore a tendon off my shoulder bone and I just thought, you know, I could do my cruciate again at any time. And mm. Your shoulder injury, was that during a match? or Yeah, it was during a match at Barnet and then... You know, you don't get the protection you get even when you're at a pro club. Like, really, I should have had an operation straight away. Um, but they just in, kept injecting it to numb it, and I carried on playing with it. Was it that just to get you through the season? Just to get me through the season, yeah. and then I went to Eastleigh. Same thing. You don't, you don't, don't get looked after off the pitch like you do when you're at a pro club. And uh, 
I just thought, you know, what happens if I do do my cruise ship or I have a major injury, I could be in proper trouble. Mm. And, you know, you can only go on for so long. And with the injuries that I've had, you know, I've done well to play the last two years of, you know, I played 40 games at Barnet and 40 games at Eastley. So yeah. I got through the seasons fine. But I just thought it was time to start a new career. So perhaps not a, as tough a decision as it, as it might have been. You yeah, it might seem like it was tough, but it wasn't tough for me at all. No. Your body was It's hard because my family, it was more tougher for my family than me. Was there a particular moment you thought, actually, that's it? Yeah, yeah. Probably, I'd say, near the end of this my last season at Eastleigh. Um, I just thought, am I going to go on next year? I don't think I will. I was getting, I was getting offered certain jobs. Um, and I, I thought, no, I'm going to wait until I've, I'm proper ready to do it. And then I got to a stage where I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it myself. And that's what I've done. So I've moved on now. Uh, I'm now, I've set up my own agency, soccer agency, Select Soccer. I bought two other agents in on it and I got uh, a very good friend of mine involved who's a businessman. And uh, he helped me set it all up and do all the uh, accountancy stuff, banking stuff. And it's going really, really well. We've got 30 players now we look after, so it's kind of guiding them now and helping them, trying to build them a career. And they're mainly young players, aren't they? We've got, we've got a lot of young players. I mean, our youngest one's 17, uh, and I think our oldest one's about 26. Right. Um, but I enjoy it. I'm, I'm sort of going for the left-wingers, because when I go and watch a game, that's who I tend to watch. Mm. Yeah. And it's weird, because I've been at a few games, and I've seen a lot of good players on the pitch. But the only one I want to speak to, if they're good enough, is is the is the attacking winger or the number ten sort of role. Yeah. And you probably see what potentially makes them special. Those sort yeah. of little things that like Andy Sinton has said before. He's yeah. watched some of our young wingers, and he said they've got such potential. But there's little things that they could do that could make them that much better. Yeah, he often and it, talks about young Josh Bowler, doesn't? Yeah, he? that's right. And he, he he's obviously got that insight, which I. Obviously, yeah. you've got as well. So he stood out. He stood potential. out when I've seen them this season. That young Josh Bowler, he's the one that stands out. I know he's, he does play on the wide area, but he is a good player. You can see he's got that little bit extra than the other other boys. Yeah. Sometimes it sticks out like I saw from. Sometimes it don't. But mm. at the end of the day, it's down to your judgment. And if you judge him well, and then they go on to have a great career, that gives you a good feeling that you know it's kind of like scouting. Really, it's sort mm. of scouting for a club, but you're scouting for your own company to. Yeah you know, to, for the players to earn the company money and that's what it's all about and it's going really well. Uh, Martin Rowlands has now come on board as a player consultant. Um, what does that involve? Same thing, yeah. scouting, going to games, um, getting players signed up, getting meetings. If they're young, you've got to meet their parents, obviously, if they're under the age of 18. Yeah. Um, but we've got a good pool of players. You've got seven or eight in the championship now. Um, we've got a few in League One and League Two and then there's a couple of youngsters we've got in the conference who... I feel we've got a great chance of uh, making it. So, you know, so we've only been going, what, seven, eight months, but, you know, the other agent that has been doing it for years, he knows all, he's got all the contacts. So it's going really, really well. So um, you're not missing and I'm really the, enjoying it. So you're not missing the day-to-day? -day I'm missing the training ground banter. That's yeah. all I miss. Yeah. That's what I a miss. A lot of pros say that, don't they? What, yeah. what do they mean by that? What, just me, mixing in with the lads and... Yeah, I mean, I couldn't wait to get in in the mornings, really, and walk in a changing room and just give some people some stick. Just like yeah, you. I just I don't know what it is. You know, I don't know. It's just speaking about the weekend, what you got up to, and and that can't be replicated in a normal nah normal working nah, environment. You can't. The swearing's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's hard when you go out into public to not swear because you're so used to swearing at football, and you just got to keep keep a tab on it. But 
yeah, that's the only thing I miss really is the day-to-day life of a pro because it is the best best life in the world. You get to train at 10, you're done by one. Mm. You're with all your mates. Yeah. Did you appreciate it as much during the time of being a player or was it afterwards you thought, wow, that was a great time? No, you don't really. I mean, I, when I left here the first time, I appreciate, appreciated it when I come back because mm. um, when I was away for them two seasons, I went to Fulham and then, uh, sorry, the season and I was at Charlton as well. It weren't the same atmosphere as what it was here that I had. And when I come back, I had it again. So it weren't until I come back for the second stint that I appreciated it a bit more. But yeah, it's just um, that's the only thing you miss, really. I mean, it's uh, the way the job I'm going into, you still speak to the lads on a daily basis yeah. and speak to them, but you're not actually in the changing room having banter with them. You can't, you've got to be more of a father figure to them and guide them right mm. rather than go in and have banter with them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. It's a different step. It's taking a bit of getting used to. The first couple of months was a bit weird because you're used to ringing everyone else and not getting called. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of an adjustment. But after the first two, three months, I'm, I'm loving it. And Martin found it the same when he first started. He found it a bit strange to start with for the first, you know, six, seven weeks. But, you know, the last two, three months, he's really been been enjoying it and doing well. So we're going to be expanding. We're looking at getting a couple more people on board now because we get signing a lot of players up. So... Yeah, it's going well. Hopefully, I can do a bit of business down here in the next couple of years. Yeah, and get see what of, see what happens. Of good yeah. youngers in that would be good. Yeah. Just looking back then on on your career, um, you didn't have to travel far, did you? Looking at it, six no. London clubs: uh, no. Watford, QBR, Fulham, Charlton, Leighton Orient, and Barnet. But without doubt, you enjoyed your best days down there at the loft. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, I had a lot of opportunities to go up north. Um, I never wanted to. So that's why I signed for them teams. <laughs> <laughs> Did you though? You had but, genuine chances to go Oh yeah, I could have gone up north a few times. But you were a London yeah. boy and yeah. you wanted a... Yeah. I think the most, probably not controversial, but the weird one was, was Fulham. Um, I could have gone somewhere else, but I thought it's up the road. I can still live where I'm living. Mm. I knew the fans wouldn't mind because of you know what I've done here and stuff. Mm. And I think that a lot of them understood that, yeah, you know, he's a London boy and he wants to stay up, stay in West London. So And of course the club's financial position at that time was one that really QBR needed to accept yeah. for you. To yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it was it worked out fine in the end. Could have could have gone uh, the other way, but no they they took that really well. So and to be honest it was only a year before I was back. Yeah. So it weren't too How bad, did that feel it? coming back? It was all right. Uh I didn't really want to at the time, if I'm honest. I hadn't, you know, I'd signed for Fulham and I'd done my knee straight away, so I missed 10 months. And I come back and went on loan to Charlton when I wasn't fit on deadline day. It took me a month to get fit there and ended up playing about seven or eight games there, I think. And then, so it was my first full pre season was at Fulham. And I was doing really well. We played Celtic at home, and Hodgson said to me, Right, you'll come into career with us. He said, you're my second choice left midfielder now, so you're going to be in the squad. So I was like, right, cool, I'm going to get a chance. We went to South Korea, and we had a South Korean player called Seoul. Do you remember him? He used yeah. to play for mm-hmm. Wolves. Anyway, he was he was sort of having one, to be honest, in pre-season, and he was nowhere near it. <laughs> but we took Seoul there because he was South Korean, and he was like the David Beckham of South Korea at the time. Yeah. Anyway, turned up, there was the amount of fans that were there with posters of him and and I think Roy looked around and thought, oh my God, he must be like, and it gave him a bit of a boost. And he played in the two games out there and he was like a different man. Really? We come back from Korea, I think it was only back for two days. And he rang me up and said, I've accepted an offer from QPR for you to go back. I was like, okay, I thought, he said, well, after we've gone to Korea, you know, Seoul's really picked up. I said, look, if I'm not going to get a chance, I'm, I've got to go. Yeah, because you just wanted to play. I just wanted to play. Yeah. And in the end, I didn't even play a game. 
didn't play one match for them because you know obviously I'd done that bad injury in pre-season and that sort of uh, stopped that from happening so yeah when I first come back it weren't ideal but if I was going to go anywhere in the mm. championship it would have been here yeah. so you know I couldn't have complained I what would be the highlights of your career with QPR uh, play the all away years for sure um, playing with my mates on the football pitch and just you know I think that team we had there we just all run run around for each other like mad you know we'd done anything for each other the team bonding sessions we used to have we were all like brothers really um, and we were all different ages as well even seeing 4P the other day Yeah, I had a season with 4P but you know every he was well, I know, 30 at the time I was 20 you know you had mid 20s and we all got on great there was a you know it was a real bond it was a real was bond there was a bond and that, them three seasons I had before I left um, was probably my, my best time here for sure I mean I enjoyed my time at Watford as well to be honest because when you break through as a pro mm. there's no better feeling when you make your debut in front of 20,000 people it's, yeah. it's an unbelievable feeling so I had three great years there As a Rangers fan though what did it mean to, to pull on that shirt for the first time? Yeah it was unreal I mean the, the first game here was Brentford in a full house and it was just a strange one Not a bad one to come in. It was a really good one I mean Ollie come to watch me at a reserve game for Watford I was playing Arsenal actually they had a bit of a side out as well on the day Sol Campbell was playing Seaman was in goal Parler Carnu. <laughs> They had a lot playing and I was man of the match and the scout here Mel Johnson told Ollie to come and watch me and he signed me the next day and then he said by the way we've got Brentford on Saturday I was like nice <laughs> had to get 30 tickets everyone was crying <laughs> it, was, it was mad but yeah that loan spell was wicked we was in League 1 at the time and uh, I think we were too, Ollie was close to getting the sack a week before and I lost the Vauxhall Motors and then yeah. come in and sort of kicked on from there and got to the playoff final in the end so yeah good days they were really good days under Ollie like what a manager to, to play for and uh, I'm glad he's back here now any lows what would be the, the lowest points the injuries would it be yeah probably the conjugal defect I had here under uh, under Woolnock um, it just was a nightmare like, you know you finished training you couldn't walk and I was just like what's going on like I'd get home and I just couldn't move from the sofa for the rest of the day. The next morning, I'd get up, it'd be okay. After training, same thing again, couldn't walk. I was like, this is, this is not right, what's going on? You know, when they, they found like a defect in the kneecap where they had to drill it, and it was just a nightmare. 18 months, it was in the end. And uh, yeah, I'd done really well to come back from that. Because that's finished a lot of people off. Yeah. Like Jack Collison had it at West Ham. Yeah. That he, 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 Hutchinson had it, who's back playing now. We had a couple of years off, but... It's a bad, bad injury to get. And uh, thankfully, I managed to play with a lot of games afterwards. So the surgeon obviously done well for me there. And any regrets, be it here or elsewhere? Um, yeah, I just regret not playing for Fulham. That's it. But it weren't in my hands, really. Uh, there's nothing you can do. Injuries are a big part of the game. Um, and I've done you it. felt, given your career, your dad would keep you. You felt you deserved a, a fair oh, crack. Oh, sure, the yeah. And, and everyone I spoke to, because I know a lot of pros in the game we're all still working in it now obviously as coaches, managers who played in the Premiership and the Championship they all said to me you will be better in the Premier League than you are in the Championship yeah. they said it'll suit you down to the ground so I couldn't wait mm. to get the chance what do you think they meant by that your ability to pick out a man in the ball in the yeah box I think a, I, I don't know ball. I think I, I used to get the ball in tight situations in, and especially here on this tight pitch yeah. sometimes there's three players around you and I managed to get out of situations yeah. most of the time and I think they were basically saying in the Premier League, you get given a lot more respect on the ball. So you generally find yourself 1v1 quite a lot. Mm. And you've got to fancy yourself 1v1 when you're an attacking winger. So I think they just thought I'd, I'd find it easier there. Um, 
it's more football, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Than the championship. Championship's a bit of a rough, rough division. It's the hardest league in the world, I think. Yeah. You know, when I played in Greece, it was easy. That that that, that league was quite easy. And some good players, good on the ball, but if you're a footballer, it was quite easy. I imagine for a player that just runs around, you know, it would have been a different scenario. But being a being a, a bit of a footballer, then it was quite easy over there. Yeah. But championships a tough, tough division. Really tough. Much harder than League One. People say League One's tough. People kick you around. Don't come close to the, to the championship. Don't come close. Yeah. And your memories, Moz, of, of Cookie? You've seen plenty of him over the years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, particularly under John Gregory. Um, I remember there's this clip. I think we were losing the game because he must have given you earfuls because you're obviously down this side. And there's this oh, one yeah. clip of John Gregory shouting, Cookie, we need you here. We need you here. And it just seemed to... No disrespect to the others in the side, but I think particularly your last season yeah. here, mm. it was get the ball out to Cookie so we can whip the ball in, and which is probably yeah. why you found you had three men on you as soon as you got yeah, the ball yeah. because it was nullify Lee Cook. And from an offensive point of view, QPR obviously aren't half, you know, as half strong. the threat. Yeah. So yeah, but that, he dug me out season. one. He dug me out one half time, and I'd set two goals up, and he proper dug me out, and I was like. He winding me up. Like, what more does he want me to do? And then as I was going out, he went, uh, I've done that for a reason. I was like, well, what? He goes, because now I really want you to turn it on second half. Because I think it was 2-2 two, two at half time. Yeah. He said, I really want you to turn it on second half. I was like, okay. I still didn't understand it. Mm. But then I went out and I'd, I'd done really well the second half. And then he said, that's what I'm talking about. It so, worked. Yeah, it did work. I remember the I guy that burned him away. Yeah, right, right, right foot into the top corner. Yeah, and the dance after. And the dance after. Yeah. Right. You can forget the dance after. My favourite one was Norwich away. That was yeah. my favourite mm. goal. Yeah. But what happened afterwards kind of took a massive like smack off it. We was two 0 up with ten minutes going, lost three two. Lost three two. Just I think we thought yeah, Rob Ange. Rob Ange scored twice. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, yeah, Gas scored as well, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I think Gas scored. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I think it was like seventy eighth minute, and we was cruising as well. Like we should have gone three or four up. Yeah. In the last but five that was your minutes, favorite goal, yeah. we just crumbled. Like I don't know. See, I'm glad we're safe because that story just before we go to Carrow Road, yeah, yeah. isn't the one you want. <laughs> yeah, it? No, isn't the one you want. Webby, any cookie Rem- memories? Remember the lane out? spell. Remember the lane spell. Uh, you put the boy for Birch on your debut. Like, yeah, you? yeah. Um, and then I remember we beat Cheltenham four-one here. Is it four? Oh yeah, and oh, you I've scored that amazing. before you left, wasn't it? Yeah, I've done the Maisie to set Kev up took yeah. about five on I think one of them I took on twice I think he come back for second <laughs> mm. slipped it through to Kev and then I scored down this end yeah, you used to love Kev. a celebration didn't you was there was that I mean yeah. anybody that follows you on Instagram knows you like a bit of a dance yeah but... I do like a dance um, I was dancing Saturday actually with a few supporters in, in the pub <laughs> so I don't know what's happening now probably... were they always premeditated those celebrations or some of them the were yeah I, there was a couple of films dancing films I used to watch I used to nick them off there and no one really knew where they come from, but that's where they come from. I was off of uh, You Got Served, this film, dancing yeah. film. Yeah. I used to nick them off there. Some of them were stupid, though. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the celebration. You always seem to, whenever you were out there, you seem to enjoy your football. You, you, Some players, you almost mm. sense take it for granted that they're professional footballers, yeah. but you seem to live for every yeah. day like it was I used a, to love getting kicked. I used to love it. Like, Was that I'm, a sign of how good you were? If people were I kicking you, so. you thought... I, don't, I think maybe because yeah. I never got injured getting kicked I only ever got injured myself tw- like a twist twist mm. in my knee it was never through anybody kicking me yeah couldn't get close and to you, when they right. did kick me I used to like it because it used to wind them up I remember Danny Mills we played here once and he was giving me so much thick 
like he would not stop with a verbal and then I thought right that's that's it and then I started started taking the mick out of him a little bit and then he absolutely emptied me <laughs> like bad because he, he could have a tackle couldn't he, yeah, yeah, he, he yeah. he's one of them players that could get the ump and he, he proper done me from, from behind and um, I got up I said is that all you got and then he's like yeah. I can't tell you what he said I can't tell you what he said but I just loved it it was such a it was a good it was a bit of a buzz as a winger and you've still got team uh, mates now that were, were teammates. You're still close with loads of the players, and I guess that's, yeah. that's almost the legacy that that you guys created. Yeah, like obviously really tight with Birchie, been friends for years. Martin, Kev. I mean, we've got a game on the 13th of May. Actually, we've got a charity match where we're all playing. If any fans want to come down, I think it's at Emil Hempstead Football Club. So there's a few of us playing in that. Yeah, uh, Martin, Birchie, me, Kev, a couple of other ex-pro, Stephen Reid. I think is playing. That's Tony Thorpe's coming down. Yeah, I think Nick Culkin's even going to be there, so um, that should be a good day. Apparently, there's going to be three or four thousand there for this uh, big charity. So, looking forward to getting the boots on for that. But you could see at the golf day, at the Forever Hours golf day the other day, when when you all walked in and you're all in different pockets, and then you all come together, and the, yeah. the banter's just there straight yeah. away. Yeah, it's yeah, wicked. It's great having days like that. I mean, that's why that's been such a great idea from yourselves and Andy doing that. You know, because obviously we can all meet each other on days like that. Yeah, which probably without that, you know, I probably wouldn't see see full and people mm. like that. You know what I mean? So it's a good idea, really good idea. And I, I guess I've seen to... Tommy Smith in years. Oh, it was good to see Tommy, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I grew up with Tommy at Watford. Yeah, he was two years above me, and you know, he was the player that I looked at when he come through at, at Watford, playing in the first team, thinking, right, he's got his chance at eighteen. I'm gonna, really going to push for that. And I haven't seen Tommy since since I left here, so. He yeah. still looks 18. Still looks exactly the same, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he does. Yeah. And we should talk about your golf because uh, you took the honours, didn't you? Best pro. I did. I was, I was quite shocked, to be fair, because I haven't played in a long time. Did you say to me you hadn't played for nine months or something? 18. 18 months? Yeah, yeah all right. Because of my shoulder. Yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> and then I remember you didn't give me an extra point in the clubhouse. I was not happy about that. And then you went to see Andy Sinton. I went you, to see Andy <laughs> and I said, that. I need to go off 14, not 13. He said, no, I've been told 13. Like, oh. Let's bear in mind that I last s- time I played Cookie was playing off nine and apparently 18 months out of the game he's <laughs> yeah. five shots worse. I seriously thought I'd hit about 20 over and I shot eight or nine over I think it was. Yeah, so it's just honest. a lucky day. Just a lucky day. Everything. I think I went in one bunker and then bunkers were terrible weren't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. If you'd went in that bunker you had no chance of getting out and I went in one. So I'd done quite well there. That was a nice way to round off your QPR career then. You won the Forever Hours Golf Day. Won the Forever Hours Golf Day with you know, a few of my old heroes there. So yeah, it was a really good day. Really, really good day. The meal was good. My three guys I played with were hilarious. One of them was 78, I think. <laughs> he was The buggy broke down after a hole and he was trying to push it off the fairway. <laughs> I didn't on my Snapchat. He didn't know. So I don't know. Don't tell, tell him. But he was all over my Snapchat. All my mates were loving it. <laughs> but all in all, though, just you know, to summarise, just great memories of this place. And you're, yeah. you're still here on match days anyway, so you're still bumping into the Rangers fans and you'll continue to support them for Yeah. Forever I mean, I'll, I'll be coming down here you know, not loads, but because obviously you've got to go and watch, I've got to go and watch my boys play, yeah. but I get down here as much as I can. I feel like I come about five times this season, um, which ain't too bad considering I've been here, there and everywhere watching football matches. So yeah, I'll get down here as much as I can. And you think Ollie's the right man to take us forward next season? Yeah, for sure. I think it's, we need a bit of stability now where we just grow as each season goes. I don't think we should try and rush and go, right, we have to get into the playoffs next season. Yeah. I think, you know, next year, that's, that's just, Finish in the top 10, have a good solid season. Steady signs of progress. Steady signs of progress. And then, you know, if we do get in there, then that's great. And then if we have one of be that team that has that little burst and sneaks in, 
who knows because another day like Wembley like we had last time oh, can't, that was just a day and a half like I'd love to experience that again so um, yeah steady progress next season I just think we, you know the summer's going to be a big time for Ollie I think I mean the, the squad we've got now it does need tweaking and I think he knows that um, so let's see what kind of business we can do who knows how much money we're going to have to spend we'll have to do a bit of wheeling and dealing so but there are good players out there available and um, let's see, see what happens. All of a sudden, the atmosphere has changed as Cook goes away from one and away from two and finds a corner. A tremendous goal from Lee Cook. 46th game of the season on uh, Sunday then, Moz. Norwich away. Thankfully, there's nothing riding on it and uh, we can all go there and relax a little. Yeah, team selection will be interesting because I think after we got to 50 points with eight games to go, there was the almost understandable belief amongst everyone that, oh, you know, we've, we've done enough now. And he was looking at, I, I, I believe he was looking at players in potential positions, looking at next season. Yeah. So will he do that now for the final game? So, OK, let's have a look at a couple of players in different Our positions. Michael came on on, on yeah, Saturday. precisely. Or will he think, right, I want to finish strongly now and play what he perceives to be his strongest side yeah it is an interesting one and Norwich has obviously picked up haven't they recently um, Alex Neil went earlier in the season but I think it's Alan Irvine now isn't there and on a caretaker basis and they've, they've picked up with some fairly decent results mm. Webby over the last few weeks yeah they have yeah um, really good result over Brighton wasn't it um, yeah. weekend before last was it yeah beat them 2-0 didn't yeah, they yeah so two yeah, fortunate but, goals but. oh yeah they both yeah. came off uh, <laughs> your mate Stockdale's yeah. uh, off his back <laughs> interestingly enough Ollie will go joint fourth in the all time list of QPR games managed 283 games um, it'll go level with Jerry Francis and that's that's a commendable achievement isn't it Cookie? oh yeah I mean you know Jerry Francis he, Ollie played under him didn't he and yeah talked about him almost every day yeah, yeah. Way, obviously he played under him at Bristol Rovers and Jerry yeah. came here then Jerry brought Ollie in so yeah he always talks about looks up to him his style his management his man management but to go level with him, you know, 283 games, that's, that, that deserves huge credit. And he'll, Ollie will be wanting to, to, to get well beyond the 300 mark and then catch up the likes of Alex Stock, Jack Taylor and James Cohen. But it is, is a, a, a really commendable achievement. But Norwich will provide a, a stern test, as we said, at Carrow Road. How did you find playing at Carrow Road? I know we spoke earlier and you said you scored one of your, your best goals there. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're really well backed, aren't they, at Carrow Road, Norwich? And it's, yeah. it's quite a partisan atmosphere there. I used to love playing there. Did you? It's one of my favourite stadiums, actually, especially if you go there, you know, either the start of the season or the end, where it's a nice day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just the yellow and the green. Very summery. <laughs> yeah. Do you mind you a little bit of Loftus Road? Uh, quite tight wise, to the pitch, aren't they? Yeah, they're a good crowd. And it was always a beautiful pitch. Like fantastic groundsman, whoever he is there. Like the pitch was always lush, yeah. and if you went there, like I said, in a, with the sun out, it was a lovely day to play there. Um, but yeah, we've had some dodgy results there. But you know, come the weekend, like like Moza said about the the team selection, um, hopefully he does give a couple of chance that he hasn't seen much of. Uh, it'd be good to see if there's a someone there that might like someone like Dowie that will produce a, a display where you mm. think, blimey next season I might have to take a serious look at this kid because you look at what Ryan Manning's done this season you know, he was shown the door at Christmas was told he could go home and then suddenly he plays on New Year's Eve against Wolves it plays does. fantastically and then three weeks later he signed the first pro deal and now he's made 16 appearances it's, yeah, it's, it's incredible how it can just turn around so much luck in football people don't realise like you know being given a chance and Manning's the typical example you know going from leaving to 
coming into the first team. All because, and Ollie and Bert say it's all because in training he gave everything, stood yeah. out like mm. a sore thumb in one yeah. session, and then the rest is history. But he wasn't looked at, was he, before? And it just, you know, it just goes to show you. And now this club's coming to watch him, mm. you know, because he's done so well. So it just goes to show you, you know, that, that there are players there that at any time, at any game, you can play a 90-minute match and they go, blimey, he's a player. Do you talk about your young players that, that you look after? Do you talk about that kind of example too? Yeah, well, I've got a young left-back here, actually, in the under-23s, Jack Williams. Um, they've just given him another year's pro. He's a good player. I think he's got a chance, the kid. And um, I speak to him a lot. I mean, he's he's got a tough couple of players in front yeah. of him here. He's got Bidwell <laughs> and, obviously, Robinson, but he's, you know, he's going to have to be patient for his, for his time. We're going to get him on loan next season, but... It's um, yeah. It's, it's you got to give him that that bit of a boost. And when it when it when I spoke to him about coming on board, I said to him, look, I said obviously I'm I'm quite close with the people at QPR. I said I'll find out first of all what they're thinking of you because he's either agent Dan t- told him anything. And I spoke to Chris Rams and he said he's done really really well. Um, at the start of the season they wasn't too sure, and then all of a sudden he's had a had a couple of good games, and now his confidence has picked up, mm. and then he's off. So that could happen at any stage for mm. any player. And the fact that, you know, Ryan Manning did come in and do what he's done, Ollie would have given him a load of confidence, especially yeah. after that first game that he played. Yeah. You know, and now he's, he, you know, he's a big part of our midfield. Mm. Um, you know, he could be a big player for us next season. Yeah, when he doesn't play, you, you, you miss him, isn't mm. it? You yeah, really and he could have been, you know, he might have left here and he might have gone to the conference or League Two. Yeah. And it and might have never, took him years to get back to you, this level. You never really know, even the player himself, I'd imagine, how he's going to handle... Playing yeah. in front of thousands, some yeah. not saying particularly nice stuff about yeah. you. You don't know how you're going to handle it until you're put in that situation. Ryan Manning was put in that situation. Wolves away walks into that yeah. game, and he reveled in it rather right. than fearing the occasion. He reveled yeah. in it. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, some some players do get nervous. Who was it used to spew up before the game every game? Sean Derry, didn't he? It was Desa. Yeah, it was another. I think Damien Stewart used to have a spew up as well. Marcus Bignot used to have a spew up and it all depends you know what I mean but you, you speaking personally you used to thrive on it didn't you yeah yeah I used to like no it. nerves no nah, nah, not really in I the big to... games maybe or no 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 funnily enough no um, I used to get more nervous uh, playing the Playstation <laughs> <laughs> I think that's and a good way to end it <laughs> <laughs> Cookie thanks for joining us on the uh, Loftcast we'll be back after Norwich next week um, to summarise the season and look ahead to a really busy summer here at Loftus Road.